Welcome to the podcast that showcases the rural town careers and opportunities you need to know about. Welcome to What's Your 9 to 5. Hey everybody, welcome back to the What's Your 9 to 5 podcast. I'm Georgia. And I'm Karis, and today we're going to be interviewing Tim from the Color Jar in Durham. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Well, we're going to start by asking, what is your 9 to 5? I spend pretty much all my days here at the Color Jar, which is a store in Durham, and we uh, sell art supplies, and I also make frames. Uh, I do custom framing for people. And the most interesting thing I think is uh, the book binding. So I also repair books for people, uh, for customers, and also do small editions. So if people produce a small book and they want a a little edition uh, bound, then I can do that as well. Um, Have you always been interested in art? Yes. Yeah. Ever since I was a little kid, I, uh, would draw pictures and um, I had a really supportive art teacher in high school. uh, So that was great. And uh, he inspired me to go on and study art in university. Just wondering when you were younger, was there anything specific you drew? Because I know when I used to draw when I was younger, I always drew eyes. Yes, I did draw my share of eyes for sure. (laughs) But Also, you know, at that time, I grew up in Manitoba, which is a pretty hockey crazed area. And I was no, no uh, different. I drew all my favorite hockey heroes and uh, some scenes from hockey games and stuff like that. So you mentioned your teacher. Do you have who's your biggest artistic influence? Oh, well, um, And now I don't think I have any one particular influence, but when I was younger, uh, yes, I would say that um, my high school art teacher was very important to me. But uh, in terms of artistic influence, I was a true romantic at the time. So I really uh, got along with um, uh, a lot of the impressionists uh, like Claude Monet, the French Impressionists, and I also loved Van Gogh too. I had a poster of a Van Gogh painting on my wall for all, all my growing up years, and uh, that was awesome to me. Now I have many different influences, but that was then, yeah. Um, so would you say that like your artistic inspiration came from those paintings and and stuff that you saw? Certainly was stirred up by that, yes, but I... Um, I I don't know. I just was uh, really keen to depict what my world was like. Uh, And I just remember noticing how much care I took on different things. And my teachers noticed it too. And sometimes they would give me special assignments uh, with artwork. Yeah. And in in fact, um, I often tried to get out of doing writing assignments by doing illustration assignments instead. So I would ask my teachers, can I draw my way through this essay rather than. (laughs) And do you have an assignment that you did that stuck out to you? Yeah, I remember working on a a psychology, uh, the assignment was for a psychology paper and I did um, a series of illustrations for a Margaret Lawrence novel. Um, Can't remember the title, but she's a famous Canadian author. 
and I just illustrated a bunch of uh, the scenes from the book. Oh, cool. So how did you come to work at the color jar? So it's our business. So we um, start, well, I guess we started it, but we also purchased the, the business itself from the former owner. That was about 14 years ago. And um, uh, we had lived in Durham for 20, we have lived in Durham for about 22 years. So we've lived here for a while. And I knew, of course, of the store before. Uh, it was called AJ's Art Supplies. And in fact, he ran another shop in, in Walkerton for many years as well. Um, and we just, um, I knew that by one day I was just inspired to walk in and talk to him because I was thinking about a bit of a career shift at the time. I had been doing graphic design for many years. Um, and um, I walked in and I said, hey, um, when are you thinking of retiring? <laughs> Which to me now sounds like very, very uh, uh, an awkward question to ask someone if they're going to retire. But anyway, um, he was good hearted about it, good natured. And we just started up a conversation. And the conversation lasted for quite a while because it, it took a while for us to negotiate um, what the terms were going to be. Plus, I had to save up enough money for the down payment. So. Um, this is also like another question from like um, a lot of people is it, to be good at art. Is it something that you're born with or is it something like you can learn to be good at? I think it is a skill. So when you're talking about just representational drawing or any kind of style of art, yes, you can learn it. Um, however, the inspiration to feel things and to notice things is, I think, more intensified in some people, just like, you know, in, in Star Wars, they talk about the force being strong in some people and others not. I think it's a personality thing, that there are some people who are just naturally more uh, aware of odd things in the world or things that other people don't notice. And as soon as those, uh, those type of people, if they take up art, their art tends to be very poignant and very meaningful because people say, wow, I never noticed that before or stuff like that. So yes, it is personality, but I do think it can be learned as well. Yeah. So. And what are your least favorite and favorite parts of art? Hmm. Um, well, right now, okay, we'll start with the favorite, I guess. Um, well, I love uh, the, uh, the variety that you can see in art. Um, I also love comics. I'm a, a comic fan. Um, I don't spend a lot of money on comics, but I do draw comics. And um, I just, I go through phases like anybody, you know, for a while you really like something and uh, you spend a lot of time doing that and then you switch. So if you look at the careers of any good artists, they'll go through phases and they'll love one particular style of um, working for a while, like painting or pastel or something, and then they'll switch. Um, what I don't like about art, um, you know, there's, also, there's a few different uh, levels of art in the world. So uh, in the art world, I mean. So for example, you know, there's the really, um, there's the really uh, type of, 
art that people get into that's a very popular style of art. Um, but I also, but I prefer something that's a little bit more thoughtful, something that um, includes some themes that cause the viewer to think a little bit and to, um, to ponder and consider. And then there's the really, really high-end art. And I say high-end in a certain way. I don't mean high-end as is it's higher quality or anything. I just mean that um, some people make art that is so theoretical or conceptual that the average person can't relate to it at all. They have no way of uh, entering into any dialogue with that at all. So there's all these different layers of the art world. And sometimes it, it's a bit annoying that uh, that exists, but it's understandable, I guess. I'm also trying to um, uh, offer different uh, supplies in my shop that are speaking to the, uh, the sustainability uh, factor. So in other words, a lot of art supplies are, are made very cheaply and uh, they come from parts of the world where the workers aren't paid very well, etc or that the art materials themselves are poisonous. So I'm very conscious of that. And I want to try to change my, my offerings, what I offer to make sure that the type of colors and stuff that I sell, um, that people have the option to buy something that's less toxic or that they know that it's manufactured in a responsible way. And you said that you make comments, comics. How did you get into that? Like, how did you start doing that? Um, well, when I was a kid, I just collected comics. I bought uh, comics at the grocery store and at the comic shop. I loved the heroes and the storylines and so forth. Um, and I drew a lot of different things uh, growing up. And then recently I did a comic uh, where I told my own story. So my part of my philosophical journey, so to speak. And um, But I put it in an allegorical way. So it was told through a um, a story, a storyline um, that isn't isn't real. It's just that I told it in a way that represents my, what was going on in my head at the time. So. Um, and do you have any other interests? And did they like influence your art? Definitely, I have a strong interest now in my life. Even though I didn't do very well in school, I have a strong interest in science. Um, and, and especially history, ancient history. So, for example, um, you know, pre-humans, what was the world like before there were humans walking around? And so for my latest art project, um, I did a, a show called Tracing Archaea. And, um, and so in it, I depicted scenes from the earth from billions of years ago. And um, I did a lot of reading and research for that show. And that was really interesting to me. So I, uh, you have to, when you put that much time into something, uh, meaning creating art, you have to choose a subject that's going to keep your interest up. So science and the uh, and evolutionary history was big on my list there. And you're talking about science and history. If you could have any other career in the world, do you think you would go into science and history or something else? Well, I've always been fascinated by archaeology, and um, I tried to get an internship once in archaeology, and, and it didn't work out at the time. Um, but probably I wouldn't have had the patience for it. That's one of the things that you have to have as a scientist is 
is a brutal amount of patience. And, uh, but yeah, I love archaeology, digging things up from the past for sure. Um, do you guys still do art lessons and how has that been impacted by COVID? Definitely it's been impacted. Uh, we haven't been doing many art classes at all. However, I still do a drop-in, a couple of drop-in sessions every month. And we also had a great teacher in town here for a while who was leading regular classes, but she's moved away. And uh, so um, th those two things, both COVID restrictions and her moving, uh, Rhonda moving away, were, have impacted um, our classes. And just because I'm so busy running the shop, I could lead classes, but I just haven't had time to. Um, so I understand that Launchpad has had some classes, uh, or at least some art type of activities in the past, and that's great. Um, love to offer it more, but it just hasn't been hasn't been able to yet. Yeah, I in kindergarten, I'm pretty sure I used to take art lessons at the color jar. Um, and I remember one of them was, um, it was a painting and we flipped it upside down and we tried to recreate it upside down. And I was like, so excited. I was like, this is a different way of, of seeing it. That's cool that you remember that. Yeah. And the last question is if you could have any advice for an aspiring artist, what would it be? Um, I would just say, um, make, 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 you got to just keep on making things, uh, Practice is the best teacher. Experience is the best teacher. Um, and uh, also, you know, it depends how you want art to fit into your life. Not everyone can be an artist that um, makes their full income uh, from art. Although nowadays there are a lot of people that do, especially by selling things online or by um, selling things through Etsy or Instagram or whatever, and that's great. Um, however, if you, you know, I find, I find that if I do any one thing too much that I get a little bit stuck in the groove in a rut. And so I like to have a bit of variety um, in my life. So if you can have a type of job that allows you to be an artist and work uh, on the side, that's probably the best insurance you have for earning an income. Um, but it also provides a lot of variety, which informs your art. Um, for example, I had a job, a summer job once um, in a woodworking shop, and I learned a lot of um, woodworking techniques there. However, I, uh, when I went home in the evenings, I drew pictures of my of scenes from the woodworking shop, and I did it in a very stylized way. And then um, at the end of my stint, at the end of my summer job, I put on an exhibition in the shop's uh, lunchroom just for the workers and their families and stuff. And it was, I remember it being really um, an incredible moment that here I was um, bringing some kind of vision of what was going on in the shop and some, and in some ways, sort of a dignity to the workers there who, who did a lot of work there. And they really appreciated it. So it was this crossover of different worlds, uh, a nice way that uh, different worlds can interact. And to end off the interview, we're going to be playing a little game that we're calling Who Painted It, where we name a 
famous painting, and you have to guess who painted it. Um, and if you need a hint, we'll give you three artists, and you can pick one of them. Um, so the first painting is Starry Night. That's by Van Gogh. Yes, that's correct. And the second painting is The Scream. Oh, that's by Munch. Edward Munch. Yeah. And the third painting is Girl with a Pearl Earring. Oh, that is by uh, Vermeer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fourth painting is The Birth of Venus. Um, it's an Italian guy, probably Caravaggio, but maybe not. Um, yeah, no, I can't remember that one. Would you like a hint or would you like me to tell you the answer? Uh, you can give me a hint. So I'm not sure how to pronounce the first name, but Sandra Botticelli, um, Vincent van Gogh, and Piet Mondrian. Botticelli, that's who Botticelli, right. And the last one is who painted the Jack Pine? The Jack Pine was by Tom Thompson. That is correct. I actually thought making these up, I was like, he's not going to be able to get these. <laughs> you got like all of them right. Well, that's where our university education does come in handy sometimes. You learn a lot about art history. So those are the questions we have for you today. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and being interviewed. It was a lot of fun. Good. Um, and to the listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time on What's Your 95. five.